Who in their right mind would want to go back and be young again? It's the most unstable, the most panicky, the most... Uh, uh, the whole world's falling apart time of life. You've got none of the equipment that you need to make the kind of decisions you're trying to make and everything looks like it's huge. You don't need what they have. They need what you have. They need your perspective. Do you remember what it's like thinking your whole world depends on this particular thing? That's the only perspective they have. When you're a kid, you make a decision on the immediate circumstance. Because you, you can't see down the way. So, you, so, you know, you make a, a decision on, on the immediate circumstance. Now, when you're a parent and you're going after a kid, usually what you do is you bring immediate consequences for their decision. You know? Uh, let's, let's have a little example here. So, let's just say that, that a brother uh, uh, swipes another's donut and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and then the other brother just smacks him in the mouth. See? Well, usually a parent says, hmm, you've caused pain, I'll cause you pain, just so you can feel what that's like, and so here we go, uh, you, you know, do whatever, you know, whatever the punishment is, because you're trying to say, don't do that anymore, and make circumstances uh, fairly painful so it won't happen anymore. Okay, now that's, that's all right as a system, you know, I mean, it may get a certain result. You know what that kid really needs? He needs to know not only do his decisions cause consequences, but those decisions, if they're not corrected, result on down the line in certain circumstances. That kid needs to know that if he gets in the habit of smacking out of anger, what's going to happen 20 years from now? He needs for a parent to come to him and say, you know what? What if, you, what if your mom did something to make me mad and I smacked her in the mouth? Would you like that? Well, he'd be horrified by the thought, hopefully. What, what, you know, could you, you know, are you, are you going to do that in 20 years when your wife does something? You're just going to haul off and smack her in the mouth? Hopefully he'll say no, you know? What about if you have a little girl, sweet little girl, little blonde, little brunette, little redhead little girl, you know, has lace on her, you know? And she, and she does something and you make her mad and you smack her in the mouth. No! You know what? If that's the way you react right now, that's the way you're going to react down there. That's what you're headed toward. They need to know that. Who has that perspective? You have that perspective. They need to hear that. And they also need to hear that when they blow it, it is not the end of the world. How many times have you heard your kids say, oh, it's over. My life's over. Just take me now. You know? I am so embarrassed. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to move out of this room. My life is over. And they just need someone to say, oh, no. It's, it's a longer deal than that. There's a lot more. You know, there's, there's always opportunity here, you know. They need to hear the wonderful works of God to know that when anybody blows it, God is there not only to forgive, because this is an anger thing with God. It's a redeeming thing with God. And that the whole reason that we're given the freedom to make mistakes is so that we can watch God turn them into something wonderful. And that any time along the way you decide to give this thing to God and say, God, help me to do, to, for something good to come out of this, he'll respond. They need to hear that. They need to hear that constantly. It'll give them hope. Hope that the world can't give. And so they need to hear two things. And they seem like opposites, but they're not. They need to hear that for for the decisions that they make. The decisions they make are very important. 
Because if you make a decision, eventually, it, and, and make it uh, enough, it's going to uh, wind up in a circumstance. If you make, if you blow it a couple runs and make a C decision, and, and, and you, know, you keep making that decision, it's going to wind up in C circumstance. You know, now some of you are saying, well, I'm down to about R right now. Okay? Okay. Make R decision enough, you're going to wind up in R circumstance. So there is justice in this world, and your, your decisions do have consequences and circumstances. But watch this. Whether you are in A or in C or in R, at any given time, when you give that circumstance to God, you know what He can do with it? He can make it perfectly useful and perfectly wonderful. If you are in our circumstance right now, do you think the people that are surrounding you in that circumstance are any less valuable to God than the people in a circumstance? Do you think that your uh, dedication to Him will be any less uh, accepted or any less powerful? Do you think that, that your obvious sins are any greater or more travesty to God than, than the less obvious sins of the people in, verse, in, 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 in circumstance? No. It's all the same to God. You're just as important as you ever were. He can, you know, the circumstances you may not like as much, but the work is just as important. So in this world, kids need to know this, that there are both, there is both justice and mercy. There, there, are, there is both differences and grace, not according to our works, lest any man should boast. You see? So God mixes both of those, and, and you're the ones that can give the experience because you've had all the days of your life. You are so valuable. And one last thing. They not only need your presence and your purity and your perspective, but they need your encouragement toward perfection or focus. Watch this. Look at the last part of this verse. It says this, Give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. You know what that literally says in the Hebrew? It says, But sharpen them unto your sons. Make a point of them. You get the image that Perfection is the ability to focus toward a certain intent. And that is also what spiritual maturity is. That is the definition of maturity. What is the definition of immaturity? Well, it's given in Ephesians 4.14. That you no longer be children, tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's what immaturity is. Not the inability to focus. Uh, you know, you get with this group and, okay, let's do that. Yeah, do what they said. And then you get with this, oh, yeah, let's do it. And it's kind of a communion life. That's immaturity. But maturity means having a goal, knowing what that goal is, and having the drive to focus and attain that goal. Now you say, okay, well, that's fine, but I just right now am concerned that my teenager choose some decent friends. You know, I just want that part of it. How do I get that? Or you, or you say, look, man, you're talking about, you know, Jesus down here answering God's call. I can't even get my kid to answer my call from getting out of bed in the morning. Come on, get out of bed. You know, I can't. Come on, let's be realistic about this. How do you create that kind of focus? How do you go toward that kind of focus? Let me give you two ways tonight, and then I'll sit down. First of all, you not only teach him or her 
the Word of God, the things of God, reading from whatever version of the Bible they can understand. And there are, there are some little kid, like little, little uh, but very good, like cartoon things now that teach the stories of the Bible. They need that input because the Word of God doesn't return void. But they also need, along with it, training in focusing. You know, when a kid's little, of course he's immature. Every kid's attention deficit, you know? You know, and, and, and they would just go from toy to toy to toy to toy to toy. You watch them long enough, though, and that kid will be interested in something. Watch it. And when you notice what that kid is interested in, this goes also for immature friends. When, when you notice what, what that kid is interested in, you pull alongside them and you say, you know what? Notice you're interested in this. Let's, let's do something together. Let's, let's focus on a little project. Let's accomplish something together. Well, he's glad to have the, he's glad to have the company. Yeah, all right. And so you accomplish something together. And he learns, he starts to acquaint focus with fellowship. He starts to acquaint uh, the fact that he can do something and accomplish something and something has been done. Now you go along a little further and you start to, you start to negate the, the temptations to just quit. If your kid joins a little league team and two games into the season, he doesn't like it anymore. Then you say to him, you know what, you're part of the team. When you're part of a team, you stay with the team for the whole season. When the season stops, then you can then you can not join up next season, but but we wait. We don't quit. We you know, I I can tell you how many times I hunters aren't quitters, you know? My kids have heard that all hunter ah nope, hunters aren't quitters, sorry. We don't quit. So they don't they don't even try quitting anymore. Which is a real good thing for their relationships. Now there's this, there's this kind of ongoing focus. And then, and then, watch, it's not only according to what they do, but it's according to who they are. You start to help them focus on the gifts that God has given them. Do you know every one of you has a special wiring or a special gifting that God has given them for a purpose? Every one of you. And I don't know how many of you have ever had some spiritual leader come to you and say, you know what I've noticed in you? This is incredible. You've got this attribute that is just outstanding. I don't know if you've ever had somebody come, but I'm telling you, the people that follow you need to have that said to them. With every one of my boys, I've noticed a special wiring or a special gifting. I don't always put it in terms of spiritual gifts until they're along the line of understanding the word. But the whole idea here is that you focus on someone and you start to get them to focus on how they're wired because you know what? Then they start to say, why did God give me these things? And then they start to say, what is my purpose? And start focusing on giving that back to God in a way that will build the kingdom. Very, very important. And so they not only need your presence, they not only need your purity, they not only need your perspective, but they need you to help them focus for perfection. They need you to start pointing out patterns in their lives and start, start uh, uh, helping them organize themselves according to those patterns. Now, I say all of this and urge you to do this because let me say this as a word of encouragement and a word of warning at the same time. Those of you who are spiritually training someone else right now, I know it seems like you're going to be in this forever. But I tell you what, when you get to be my age, you will see how quickly it has gone. Use your time 
wisely.